are you? Oh no! About to witness. The awesome crushing might of the title's a little harder than it was last time. The U Eugene S. Robinson Show studio because uh my sister's here and my sister the grammy winning maya asusena so she'll be walking through this door in a few seconds i might get a few words with her uh, uh on the show but uh uh so i have a change of locale that's why i get the fluffiness here you see it it's cashmere you see when you're rich like me you can afford finer things like that in life anyway uh sorry for the hair being messed up I just came from training jiu-jitsu and, uh, and uh, running. It's a scary day when your coach uh, has a bunch of other Brazilians there and starts saying stuff to them in Portuguese, and they all start looking at you. I said, what did you tell him? <laughs> Says Sorrell. And these guys, okay, you roll with the black belt. I was like, hey, man, hey, man, I got something for you guys in the parking lot if I get hurt. But it, fortunately, it did not come to that. Uh, and so here I am. Listen, um, this is need, needs a little bit of a prelude. Uh, at one point, I had written a, a paper at school, and I had said that a, I, I don't want to get religious on you, but you know, if Stanford had given out minors, mine would have been religious philosophy, which is get very strange if you know me. 
Um, but I, I feel healthily agnostic. I'm fine with you becoming, <laughs> being agnostic or an atheist or whatever your stripe is in terms of afterlife belief. It's like comic books, DC versus Marvel, whatever, whatever makes you happy. But uh, I, I did have an analytical approach to a the a, um, the story between Cain and Abel, right? And my take was that um, largely people who began to write, predating their 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 ability to write, was a um, an oral tradition where stories were passed from person to person. At some point, somebody figured out, hey, we can document them if we use these signals, these easily translatable uh, pictograms or uh, uh, th lines that have symbolic import that can you can read and communicate over a course of time. In any case, it came from an oral tradition, at least, very least, stories that were told from person to person in order to pass through time, maybe along the Silk Road, why would people tell these stories? Well, they had no TV or movies or books were not written yet. They were bored. It's something to entertain the evening hours. Uh, keep in mind, if you don't live where there's uh, nuclear power or uh, <laughs> hydroelectric, uh, when, the, when the sun goes down, you are nighttime. It's nighttime. <laughs> Unless you have figured out the art of fire, your nighttime is nighttime. You're done. You can't. There's nothing that anything you can do when you can see at night, you can't do. So people would sit around and maybe tell stories. And one of the stories they told was a story of Cain and Abel. Two brothers, presumably the brother, the sons of Adam and Eve. OK. Um, and uh, uh, Adam is a uh, is a uh, uh, shepherd. Hangs out in the hills all day. I almost bit my tongue off today. You see it? Uh, uh. That's going to feel real fun in a couple of days. Why don't you use a mouthpiece, Eugene? Yeah, you know, okay. I do sometimes, sometimes I don't. Don't know that this would have helped. Anyway, um, if I had those big jumbo kind of big bloomer like underwear, uh, but a mouthpiece, if I had one of those. And, and you can see because I'm in a different room, Popeye is here. For those of you who wondered about, worried about where Popeye was, that's him snoring. So, okay, he, he's still alive. He lives yet. I have not taken him on that, come on, buddy, that Goodfellas trip. Two go out and one come back. I've not done that yet. And I, I won't do it. I'm one of those guys who refuse to do it and, um, until he can't make it to the food dish. Anyway, um, so Kane is a, a farmer. And he's busting his ass. He's, you know, tilling the earth and breaking rocks and planting seeds and watering and growing forth from the earth. And uh, 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 Abel, you know, kills a sheep or a lamb or something and offers it up to God. And God's like, man, that's great. Thank you. Thank you, man. Man, I, you know, I, I've had a lot of sons, but you're one of the best. Cain. It's like, man, he it's a whole bushel, a whole cornucopia of stuff. It brings it, brings it to, to God, and, and God kind of goes, yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's great, man. I, I, I had to spend, you know how long I had to spend? Yeah, that's fine, great. You just put it, put it there by the door, will you please? <sighs> Guys, hanging around. And so this continues, right? You're like, you know, the hippie Abel walks in. Hey, man, I bought you another lamb. <laughs> 
Oh, man, Abel, look at it. Oh, look what you did, buddy. In my house, we call that the red line. It's a long story about how we came to the red line. But say there were two kids, and one kid does this really intricate drawing, uh, like almost historically accurate drawing of a man on a horse with the light, sh sh the shadow and the sh shading exactly right. The kid is four years old, four years old, and shows it shows it to a collected group of adults and the adults go, oh, you know what? Why don't you stop showing off, okay? Just will you please sit down? Okay, they're not art lovers. I've done a historically accurate version of a man on a horse. I'm four years old. Okay, I understand that. Another four-year-old girl wanders up. She's got a white piece of paper and uh, she's pretty much put a red line on that piece of paper. And all the gathered adults look at it and go, oh, my God, look at this. This is fantastic. Have you seen this? Have you seen the red line on this piece of paper? My God, look at this red line on that piece of paper. Oh, my dear. The girl who did the historically accurate version of the man on the horse begins sobbing. Like, what? What? what's the matter with you people that you can't appreciate the qualitative difference between the red line and, and the live historically accurate version done by a four-year-old of pen and ink of a man on a horse. Red line. There's no explanation given ever at any point in the fucking doxology about why God, he just does. He works in mysterious ways. Favors Abel, that's it. Finally, Cain can't take it. Gets a rock or the jaw, was it the jawbone of an ass? <laughs> and he he cleaves the head of his brother in, in half, twixt in twain. Hastily buries him under some leaves and brambles. There you go. The meek shall inherit the dirt. Earth. And so uh, 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 God starts, oh, now he's got some time for Cain. Cain, have you seen your brother? You know goddamn well where he is. What are you playing games with me for? He doesn't say that, though. He says, no, nah, I haven't seen him. So you sure you haven't seen him? I looked all over for the place. I can't find him. Oh, really? Mr. Omniscient, could see everything, can't find the guy I just killed. That's on you, my friend. No, no, have you seen him? Seriously. No, I, what, am I my brother's keeper? I haven't seen him. Haven't seen him. Sorry, haven't seen him. He finds him under the hastily buried leaves, and he says, Cain, he's going to send you out of the Garden of Eden, through the east of Eden, and uh, presumably a mark so that everybody will know who you are, but they will not hurt you. Some, occasionally Mormons, said that uh, African Americans were children of Ham, or that the mark of Cain was really dark skin. Some of the vampire uh, 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 legends were that the, you know, that the first to spill blood. Cain was the first to spill blood. He's essentially the father of all vampires. Look, I don't know. I don't know. In the paper that I wrote, I said, listen, coming from an oral tradition, what this was, was simply a cautionary tale, a warning for nomadic peoples, largely what the early Jews were, nomadic peoples about landed gentry. If you if you have your sheep and you're wandering around the, the outside of Egypt, the land of Canaan, you know, Nazareth, you, you got your sheep and you're just wandering over. If you see some shit that looks organized, like some human planted it, if you see tilled rows of, of vegetables and figs and olives, 
You should steer, steer clear of them because those guys will kill you. It's one thing when you have a John Deere fucking tractor. It's another thing when you got a, 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 a crooked mule and, and boiling hot sun and you're trying to carry buckets of water to make that crap grow. I wrote this paper. I made the claim. This, this was essentially a, uh, a, a, a warning text for, for uh, uh, shepherds. It became a book of the Bible. I got an A on the paper. Sadly, I was tapped. <laughs> I, I had no more bouts of genius for the rest of the quarter and ended up with a B in the class, but whatever. I came out strong, and that's what mattered. But they never talk about that. They never talk about why God suddenly decided, I'm going to favor this. Now, maybe God is trying to teach us a hard lesson. Like, some of us are favored, some of us are fucked. Or like Sly in the Family Stone says, uh, you know, some, uh, um, what do you say? Uh, some people you just love to burn. You just love to burn. Can't explain it. Or like Octave Mirbeau said, some backs cry out for the knife. Right? We don't know why. We don't know why. Usually, it's a sneaking suspicion. When you get the haters, uh, a player haters ball, Dave Chappelle stands up. I'd like to thank everybody, but most of all, God, for giving everybody so much and, and me so little. Usually, this is a private conversation. You can't figure it out. You can't figure it out. Man, you know, I came up with that idea, and that guy came up with that idea. And that guy's like a billionaire. Shit, man. I know people like that. I, I'm trying to get them right for, you know, I do this thing for Ozzy, Ozzy, uh, O-Z-Y.com where, called True Story. And I, I'm always mining true stories. I'm amazed at how often I have to explain to people what a true story is. It has a beginning. It has a middle. It has an end. It's a first-person narrative. That, you, that means I did this. I went there. I, and it's event-based. So it's like you rush in from outside and you got a bunch of people at the party. Where were you? Oh, my God, you won't believe what happened. I, and then your story with the beginning, middle, end. Somebody says, well, I'd like to write about the experience with agoraphobia. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, that, that's, that's a lifelong thing occurring over several days. That's a long-term event. And it's all internal. It's what's going on in your head. What happened? I looked outside and got afraid and sat down. That's, that's the action. If they were going to make a movie about your life, what would they put in it? Well, I looked out the window. It looked scary, and I sat down. Okay. Uh, okay. So uh, it, there's no explanation ever given as to why. You know, maybe it was just like a generic, a generic thing. You know, that God, uh, but in any case, you have these moments. We all have these moments where it seems to be, you know, and, I, and I'm only responding to, like you've heard me say before, it violates my sense of fair play. I, I, I won't say, you know, I'm caught in this kind of uh, 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 kind of philosophical, uh, what is it called, uh, that people complain about with academic environments, um, uh, where you just, <laughs> ah, I can't think of the name. Relativism. Uh, it'll come to me, whatever the word is that, that, that I'm searching for. But in any case, you're hard pressed to find me to okay with definitive statements about anything on anything. I remember it took me two weeks to come to a conclusion about why murder was wrong as, as a state tool, right? So I, so I mean, I'm, I'm stuck here. I'm stuck here. Okay, thinking, well, 
life is unjust. This is the lesson that God is trying to teach when in the, in the book of Cain, Cain and Abel. There's nothing being taught there. It's just a warning. I think that it could be divorced, but a lot of times this is the, the this pattern is repeated through life. You don't always have a jawbone of an ass handy. So you are a UFC fighter. You sit up one morning and you pick up the news, like many of us picked up the news, that the bald one is trying to offer $500,000 or some, or maybe it's even more than that, some incredible amount of money to a boxer, Anthony Joshua, to fight, who's making noises about coming to MMA. You got to understand, you got to understand that uh, uh, big, big fish eat small fish. You know, there's somebody being played here, but there's somebody being played is MMA. When when Conor McNuggets was fighting uh, Mayweather uh, Floyd uh, Mayweather Jr., we we're like thinking, well, who's gonna who keep Bono? Who benefits from this exchange more? Will boxing come out more, or will MMA come out more? Well, if he comports himself, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, we got lost in the weeds, didn't we? Because that's not really what happened. What really happened is something major and macro happened. What really happened is that into the scene came. Uh, marauding bands of guys who are savvier, smarter, greedier, and more ruthless. And here we are sitting at March 25th, realizing that we got played. Boxing is looking better than ever, and now uh, 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 MMA is doing what you call listing. If you go out on a sailboat and the wind stops, and you're just kind of bouncing around in the jet, you're listing. It's not a lot of win. I'm not moving anywhere. Listing. UFC, mixed martial arts, is listing. The biggest news from the past couple of days was the LFA fighter who uh, who was a beneficiary of a great bit of luck. His opponent knocked himself out on the way down. And the guy is so happy, he pulls himself out under from the guy who's been knocked out jumps on his back and then does a backflip off of his back like his back was a diving board. That's the biggest news in MMA. Canelo Alvarez is now looking at some sort of suspension because he got caught with uh, uh, performance-enhancing drugs in the system. I think clenbuterol, which apparently is in meat in Mexico, uh, but he got caught and I think he's being punished for it. I guess they figured out, no, if, I don't care how much, you would have to have eaten a horse to get, to get the clenbuterol and these concentration levels in your blood. Uh, it's not coming from a hamburger, okay? Maybe, don't care. It doesn't make a difference. That out, out this exchange, it's like when you were a kid and you go, okay, one, two, three, shoot. One, two, three, shoot. Somebody's going to come out better with this. And I'm telling you right now, it's not the bald one. Right now, between leaving $4,000 as, as a tip for a waitress and, and then buying and then buying a $60,000, I'm sure I have the figures wrong, but it's more than I would spend on a sword. And this is in addition to the houses and the $36 million Malibu Beach House that one of the former owners used to have. These are all things that are occurring um, behind the backs in front of the faces of people who were struggling trying to figure out uh, how this makes sense for them to do as a career plan. I said, I put, I, I, I tweeted this out. If you go to at Eugene S. Robinson, you can see the tweet there. Uh, if you, if you're connected, to whatever you have to do, linked or however they do it in Twitter, whatever it's called, followed or so, whatever it is. 
and you'll see I put the hashtag love is never having to say fuck you. <laughs> uh, you know, Sorrell is just so very funny. Uh, look, look, look what he's doing. Look what he's doing. Uh, you know, he, he, I told him, what are you sending me 10 fucking, <laughs> what are you doing this for? Why would you do this? Why would one human being do this to another? I don't need 11 texts from you. I said, all right, all right, you're asking for it. You are asking for it. I'm going to retaliate in the only way I know how. Uh, <laughs> I'll talk about that later. So, so there's a, there is a, a guy who was called, who had this diet called the Scarsdale diet. And he was shot and killed by his lover who had been his secretary, the Scarsdale doctor. And this guy was like a hot shit for a period of time. He a diet, everybody bought his book. They all loved him. And he was, and he became, had a certain level of uh, a groupie. And he's having sex with this woman, that woman. And this, you know, the woman that stuck by him the whole time is in the office. And she couldn't take it one night. And she shot him, right? Didn't use a jawbone in a vest. She used like a 38 and shot up, killed him. She went to trial, beat it, beat it, beat, beat the charge. You know, because it's not when a woman abuses a guy, it's not domestic abuse. It's justice, apparently. Yeah, so she uh, she was set, Tarnauer. Herbert Tarnauer was a doctor's name. And you can see he was probably popping off, you know. He was probably popping off. Look at you. You're old and ugly. You're not like these uh, these women that these groupies I'm having sex with. They're not like you. Look at you. There's always that thing that you that, that, that you're in a position to say and that you know you're ill-advised to say, but you only say when you absolutely have zero to fear. Absolutely. And everybody can feel it. When you say, you know, it's like you put one straw. It's like when you're playing Jenga. You pull that piece out and everything goes. Or like a friend of mine once said, the former CEO of a company who set, uh, set his yard aflame and then disappeared into the desert, never to appear again, except to tell me he was living in his van after getting back from Ecuador. And he had a picture for me, gave me a picture. Uh, he was... Uh, it, he was not sober when he gave me the picture and then toddled off into the night. He and his, his children don't know. I mean, in other words, he said to me, have you ever walked by that big red button and wondered what would happen if you pushed it? He said, I pushed that button. Went from having it all. I mean, venture capital guys pouring money into his companies and he just pushed that red button. Blew the shit, blew it the fuck up, everything. So you know, it's like one thing, one thing, one thing breaks a camel's back. You know, I'm tilling the earth, I'm planting the seeds, I'm pulling up weeds, I'm putting water on it, I'm I'm cleaning, I'm showing up day after day, I'm tilling and filling, I'm I'm getting to the harvest, I get to oh my god, oh my god, yeah, you know, it's Popeye. Uh, and then I, I put this shit on the altar and God goes, Whew. you know, God, son of man, son of man, son of God. Abel is a God corollary, the lost father, absent father, giving no direction, but uh, bring discomfort and, and, and pain. 
I must raise the jawbone of the ass and strike him where he lay. And feel like justice is done. How would things have been different if Cain had said, have I seen him? Yeah, I've seen him. Oh, really? Where is he? He's where I left him, I imagine, with his head cracked open, laying there in the field where he pretty much lays all day while I'm breaking my neck, raising, raising stuff for you that you don't like or care about. You know, there's only so much, you know, when she, when uh, uh, the diet, I forget her name, uh, when she uh, picked up the gun and shot him, it was that straw somewhere on some camel's back and she had crossed the line into enough so what does the future of enough look like in, in the context of mixed martial arts and for those of you who don't give a fuck about mi mixed martial arts understand that this is a corollary for those of you who don't care about old testament realize that this is being used to describe something else a thing used to describe something else What does it look like? You know what it looks like? It looks like there's one single classification. There's one single classification of person who's looking to benefit from MMA, regardless of what's happening with the failing MMA. And I'm going to say very specifically, uh, after, after watching Gary Tonin, uh, uh, Gary Tonin was also the... <laughs> I don't know if you remember that story that I told about a, uh, hey, you made it. Ah, shit, my sister's here. Um, if you yeah, remember a story I told you about Gary, I didn't tell you who it was at the time, where I said a professional fighter had gotten a woman pregnant and then told her that uh, he was on a reality show and they had used hidden cameras and that they were uh, uh, going to you know, film it. And so they had to film the abortion because this is a high dramatic moment. And that's how he got her to get the abortion. Yeah, that's Popeye walking by. Well, that was Gary Tone. So I see Gary Tone. So Gary Tone is part of a brigade, uh, uh, a beneficiary brigade that will only, that will only, um, that at this point now realizes it's like the last generation of guys who could really make money at hip hop, like crazy money at hip hop. I think marked by, I think probably 50, 50 was the last one to kind of cross that huge giant and everybody else has been kind of fighting over scribby scraps. There's a classification of fighter right now who is known in other regards. A Joshua, a Tonin, um, a CM Punk, a Brock Lesnar, a, a guy, somebody who has media cachet and a high Q rating is exactly the kind of person who could step into the UFC and with very little work actually make, make a red panty jump. These are the only people that are benefiting. Like the D-man texted me the other day. He said, you know, what's very strange is that like everybody that we used to deride as, uh, as the complaining guys, let's say take somebody, for example, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, they're the only guys like still left. So you know how much Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, how much money he could have made? How, much, how, how badly screwed by Reebok he was? 
with all of his stuff on Twitch and all the video games he likes and plays. And he's one of the ones around. And now this DJ-TJ fight is not going to happen, apparently. Why would it happen? Why would it happen? When you got the bald one offering crazy amounts of money to people with no proven track record, but a high Q rating. So you're saying that if Bruce Willis wanted to fight, if he wanted to fight Bill Murray in MMA, this would be a big hit. Fuck yeah, you know it would be. You know it would be. But if you don't expect an uh, uh, equal and opposite violent reaction to, to I'm doing everything I can to make you happy, man. I mean, you got, I got to tell you, honestly, that is the biggest. I mean, I don't know whether we're going to talk about historically, but that is the biggest, the biggest joy kill ever. I mean, that's why the East of Eden is really poignant. And it ties into the, the biblical, you know, foreground. East of Eden with uh, James Dean, where he's trying to earn earn the, the approval of his money. And keep in mind, these were broadly drawn characterizations that were exactly, were supposed to invoke exactly what they were, the connection I'm going to make. So he's tilling the soil. He's selling beans. And he raises all his money for selling beans. And he gives it to a father, his father's a birthday because his father doesn't want it. Doesn't want it. Says I don't want your blood money. Take it back to, you know. I, no, I grew beans. It was a great idea. I grew beans, and he tilled the soil. He's a son. Raised it, watered it. His offering, his burnt offering. The absent father turned his nose up at it, causing Cain to destroy Abel again and again and again. The girlfriend, not Julie Andrews, who's nah, I can't remember her, her name at this point. Uh, everything starts to go. Uh, says to the father on his deathbed, says, listen, you, you got to forgive him. You, you, you have to let him complete the circle. You have to receive his love. And so the father kind of does. He kind of does. Thinking like, oh, well, I've already lost one son. Do I really want to uh, do I really want to lose? Uh, uh, do I really want to lose two? Doesn't mean he likes him. And that's all That's all Cain ever wanted. I was like, I could deal with you rejecting two or three of my offerings, but I, I get the sneaking sensation that you don't even really like me. You got 575 five fighters on the roster. I, I've been saying 375 somewhere, and somebody said, no, near 600. I don't know where the number is. I don't know what the correct number is. But I, I, I do know if I'm sitting and I read the same tweet and I'm suddenly aware of the fact that dude is, wants to give some guy who's never fought in the sport before, has no ranking, no standing, wants to give him more money than I made for my last five fights put together, my feelings are a little bit hurt. Not only my feelings are a little bit hurt, but they've started to crystallize in, in, in weird ways. Mm. Yep. One of the ways is, is that I realize now that you're no kind of friend. 
Now we're talking mafia ethos, uh, uh, mafia politics, casino politics. Is this the mark of a friend? Stipe Miocic did a, a Modelo TV commercial, um, and I'm sure the Baldwin came with his handout. I'm sure he's got points on all these guys. I, I'm sure he has it. Look, I built your profile. You built you you built it with work. I built it by giving you an, a, an arena within which to exert yourself and make yourself known. I should stand to benefit maybe as much or equally or more than you do. But I'm not I'm not greedy. Why don't you just give me whatever the points are, 10%, 12% of Modell commercial. Listen, I made over $100,000 in a Miller Genuine Draft commercial, filmed on it two days, and I was no celebrity. Steve Baker could be getting a healthy chunk. He might be getting more than he gets from uh, from 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 fighting. Over the course of a year, his debuted right around the time mine debuted. Mine debuted so far. I got March Madness into the NBA championships into uh, the World Series. I had a good run. It's a lot of time. Anytime I showed a commercial, I got paid. It's like at the point where you have a run on the bank, where everybody realizes we are not in this together. We are not collectively in this thing together. No, no, no. It is me. Three types of secrets that Hitler talked about. The secrets that we share, the secrets I keep from you, and about and the third category of future events as yet unknown. Right now, I can tell you, I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is about the secrets that I keep from you. Because if you are a mixed martial arts fighter, the reality of it is, <laughs> if you're a mixed martial arts fighter, you got to know if you're, uh, it's like that Steve Martin man with two brains when he's asking his ex-wife if he should marry Kathleen Turner and the, and the, the, the painting starts spinning and the ghostly voice says, no, no. He goes, give me a sign, baby. No, no. And the books are shaking off the shelves. And he goes, any sign at all. You don't want to see the signs. You're choosing not to see the signs. But the signs are there to be seen. Yep. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, indubitably, the signs are there to be seen. And you know what the signs are? That you're in a place where you're not amongst friends. If you've come from the military, these are, they're not, they don't have your back. If you've been in prison, they're not going to back your play. You're on team, you don't, there's, there, there's zero, zero kind of loyalty. You know, competition is a lifeblood of trade. Let's see some blood, fellas. Let's see some trade. This is business. I got a, a guy interviewed me yesterday. He was talking about a long, slow screw. He was this book. I go, the book is about capital. Karl Marx call, called his book Das Kapital. I called mine a long, slow screw. It's about lucre. But beyond that, beyond that, it's like, I, if you're going to ask me, if you're going to ask me why, what, who benefits? And then boxing's response, boxing's response was like a perfect big fish response. That hot, hot shit lawyer with the four letter last name whose name I can't remember, Hein or Heen, 
said, uh, yeah, I'm thinking or I'm thinking about getting the, into MMA. Those guys are really getting reamed over there. <laughs> if you can't feel a checkmate coming, you don't know what a checkmate looks like. Those guys are getting reamed over there, and all 575 guys go, with, with the exception that that small brigade of people who have exerted themselves in other sports, who figured, I could play this in my favor, Gary Tonin, Joshua. Outside of that, man, what? Nothing. There's nothing. There's no kind of allegiance. You know, you wake up and you get ready. April 15th is about to come up and you get you start to fill out your little tax organizer and you put down occupation and you put down fighter. I'm imagine that doesn't feel very good. And now people are saying like, well, hold on. This Hall of Fame, this UFC Hall of Fame, this UFC Hall of Fame is tainted. If they're going to use asterisk in baseball, shouldn't we use, you know, you got a bunch of cheaters in there. You got a bunch of guys who should be at. It's like, yeah, you're just you're just really trying to break this down to the granular level, aren't you? You're really just trying to, you know, we're 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 subatomic at this point. Your your attempts to destroy the sport. I mean, they still run the Tour de France, but people have been sort of soured on it since Lance Armstrong and all the ten other guys after him who recently got busted, up to and including the guy who had a motor built inside of his bike frame. That they had to use some kind of infrared infrared radiation to detect. <laughs> Why don't you accept the fact that cheating is part of the game and stop talking about this sport killing stuff? Somebody said it best. I told you I interviewed her. He's a professional fighter. I'm not going to say who it is um, quite yet because I've written a piece on her for Ozzy. And of course, I'll let you know if you're if you're connected to me through Twitter, you'll know right away. It's at Eugene S. Robinson. Is that right? Yeah, at Eugene S. Robinson. That's a Twitter handle. Follow, and then you'll find out right away. But she said something interesting. She said, we're in the midst of MMA going from MMA becoming a sport. Right? Versus an, versus an entertainment event, a sport. Right? So what she's saying is all, all, all those baseball games that are played during the year and all those basketball games that are played during the year, there's something special that happens with the championship. Something special that happens with the World Series, the best of the best place. But there are a lot of games that are played up there. You know who those games are for? They're for gambling degenerates and, 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 and game obsessives. That's it. You might you might you know occasionally uh, casually drop in. So football is the only sport that you can get because the sim uh, season is so limited. The, the, where you can get people and they stretch it out now with the with the draft and all these other things that are supposed to attract you. But the reality of it is, there's a short enough season where you can maintain interest from beginning to end. Sometimes they have bye weeks and so, you know Sunday football or Monday night football, and then you you're in out done. Nobody gets hurt. Baseball and basketball interminable. You're, it's not – they don't really expect that you're watching all 50 games or however 818 games or however many ridiculous number of games they play because they're, they're after, they're after, they're after ag aggregate, long ball. So she was making the claim. She said, we're going to, from, from being a, 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 an event-based spectacle or a spectacle-based event to 
to being a sport. Of course, I think she's wishfully thinking this. You're going to go to being a sport, which means that, you know, in other words, what she's saying is in the early days, you know, you have event based, you know, event based spectacle. You got, whoa, up here, Anderson Silva wins. Chelsea in the last 30 seconds, or Brock Lesnar gets beat by Alistair Overeem, and it's like these high peaks, and this is what uh, keeps us obsessive coming back. Certainly, a drug accident, it's what, it, what, it's what converts the casuals. Man, if I could feel that great on a Saturday night, man, did you see that? I passed out when Cain Velasquez beat Brock Lesnar. I was screaming so loud, slid down off an aluminum bar stool I was sitting on and ended up on the floor. I'm talking about me, Eugene Robinson. I couldn't. It was... Uh, of course, I'd want to return to, or I'd want to return to a scene of a crime like that where I'm super like that happens all the time. But you know, it doesn't. <laughs> it's Bach. It's baseball. It's basketball. Not every game is going to be a World Series game. Sometimes it's just a game. That's the point she was trying to make. Now, if your memory is old enough, where you, you where most of it was event-based spectacle. And they guaranteed, they tilted it in the favor where they would have, you know, you fight once tonight, you're going to, you're a tournament star, you're going to fight twice or three times tonight. You see guys who are really pushing the envelope. Pushing it. But it's not that. It's becoming a sport. That's gracious. That's gracious. She had to say that. She absolutely had to say that. You know why she had to say that? She had to say that because she's still on the payroll. It would have been extremely unwise for her to say, yeah, I guess you're right. When I look at the leadership and the executive management of this company, I see somebody who clearly would rather be at least a half a dozen other places before he's here. Yeah, they're shooting in the dark. Yeah, they've got no idea what's going on. <laughs> Let's fill in the blank. Let's continue. They don't fuck care, according to quote Leopoldo Sorrell. And, and yet we're stuck here. Listen, a few weeks ago, I spelled out on probably show V8 or V7, I don't remember. I talked about how our, our bodies were, I made the parallel between our bodies and a change of clothing. All right. I said, you know, this life is a change of clothing. At the end of this life, you will slough off this clothing and your consciousness will continue to another place. The place you go to when we dream. Let's call it that. And then somehow you get recycled. Now, this is all speculative. You know, I'm enjoying a speculative flight of fancy about the, the constant churn of consciousness, call it spirit, call it soul, whatever you'd like to call it. How most world religions were an attempt to sort of codify this or make sense of, give you an owner's manual for how to negotiate this passage. But um, nobody remembers enough from each successive life to make that very useful. So it ends up being very similar and very different in both good and bad ways. Mostly bad in that they're inaccurate. How do I know they're inaccurate? I know they're inaccurate because it can't be accurate. So in my thinking about this whole sloughing off this, this earthly, you know, uh, this, this earthly outfit 
and my consciousness is moving on, laws of thermodynamics, consciousness is neither created nor destroyed, I came up with animal kingdom. Start thinking about the animal kingdom. People have talked about their animals. Uh, you know, I read uh, every week somebody's a pet dying on uh, on Facebook and people, you know, and you put the little crying face and they had to put little little Mr. Jangles asleep and it's either people talk about their cats or their dogs or their um, uh, gerbils, the, the lizards, the animals. And I've heard various descriptors. Oh, my God, he looks his his eyes are so wise. He looks, you know, and people have talked. I swear to God, he's like a human. He's like a human. And even you got guy Sky Saxon, who used to be in that band, The Seeds, back in the '60s, who believed that uh, 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 that gods moved among us, and they moved among us as dogs. That's why the words were the same backwards. They they were witnesses of human activity and actions, and judges because of this. Okay, Sky Saxon had taken a lot of LSD, so I don't know exactly if that was right, uh, but it. it you start to hear this time and time again, making this kind of uh, uh, anthropomorphizing of, of 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 pets. Well, you tend to, they're non-human companions, but they're companions done the same. They live with you. You might see elements of human in them, but I start to think it's more than this. And it suddenly makes sense that, that you would have, it would explain stuff that happens on the earthly realm. All right. And I've had people who said, pushed it, pushed it, pushed it, and said, can you remember where you were when you were born? Can you remember where you were before you were born? And some people have described experiences that I think would clearly and healthily be uh, uh, slotted into, into the place of uh, pre-life but a- pre-life consciousness, but animal existences. It was moving very, very fast, very close to the ground. Clearly, if you're not touching the ground, you're moving very close to the ground. Maybe you were a bird. I was being chased through the woods. I was being very afraid, and I I could jump. I was like a superhero. Human consciousness thinks a superhero could have been a deer. Consequently, you got men in prison. So like Richard Pryor said, why'd you kill everybody in the house? Oh, they were home, weren't they? You know, you see these people on these animal attack videos and they're like, oh, cuz you know, cozying up, cuddling up with the bear. Oh, he's hugging me. Oh, ah! Then the bear like attacks, you know, and usually I usually watch those when I'm depressed because they invariably end up cheering me up because like uh, Chris Rock said, the tiger just went tiger. The bear just went bear. But, you know, I don't think the bear had started out the day, you know, decided I'm going to attack my handler. I think the bear was just there and was like. Uh, I, I think, and then boom, it just seems like the right thing to do. Opportunity came knocking, and there was your neck. That's what seemed like the right thing to do. Okay, so that bear dies, and that bear's consciousness goes where? It goes into the, in, into the, into the earthly, fleshy outfit of this guy walking around who shows up at somebody's house and kills them all because they happen to be home. Seemed like it made sense at the time. They just did this study of psychopaths and decided that psychopaths actually do know they, they do have insight into other people's feelings. They just don't care. At first, they said, well, they don't read feelings like like other people do. Like literally, they had put sensors on them and showed them pictures and, you know, sympathy and these kind of outpourings of emotion. 
these things hit much less. And they said, well, that's actually not what's happening. It's hitting much faster. They, they're just choosing not to care. Fine. Oh, somebody's in distress. Well, you know, I don't care. It's not my business. <laughs> in fact, it has very little to do with me. Well, what about that bowling pin you're holding in your hand? Oh, yes, I, I noticed that now. And the person on the bed whose head you just smashed with the bowling pin. Oh, are these things connected? I guess they are. Well, in any case, I would rather be where I am than where she is right now. This is a Ted Bundy thing. So um, you, you want to talk about, they say in this book, Hierarchy of Hell, that I have around here somewhere, that hell as a concept went out of favor because nobody could believe that there was something that, you'd, that you could honestly deserve to be punished for, for, for eternity for. Okay, I cheated on my wife. Great, you're going to hell. What? I, three times? What? Three? I got to go to hell for all of eternity? All the rest of that? Well, okay. We're, we're quibbling over here over semantics, right? Because you die, your consciousness moves from this body. The body is mired in the fourth and fifth dimension, in time. The body is mired in time. Consciousness is not. You die, you, 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 suddenly you're outside of time. When Stephen Hawking was talking about the universe as it goes back in time, when everything starts to not uh, expand as it's doing now, but starts to contracting, Prior to when everything everything was everything, to quote the uh, you know, said Marvin Gaye, everything is everything, or Donnie Hathaway, I can't remember. It, there was no time, so maybe that's what that means. I don't know, but I do know that that the system of uh, uh it was, well, the hell doesn't exist, but the system of I mean, these were these were biblical religious texts. There was an attempt on their part to make sense of these things, these intimations that we all have kind of before we start worrying about other things, like before the age of five, like where we were before we were here. And and I and I and I think I think if you build animals into it, you can you can I mean, kind of if you were a shitty person, you lose this outfit of the present body that walks around in a in a four-dimensional framework in this dimension get rid of that body it might conceive you might conceivably have your conscious your consciousness roll itself over into a housefly think that would be fun so well a, a housefly doesn't have a consciousness of, of its own mortality it doesn't have an idea of its limited, uh, uh, yeah, well, whatever, man. <laughs> Housefly. Well, now we're getting into to, 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 uh, sticky wicket, to deeper waters, because does happiness matter to a housefly? I don't know, but I know it might be a very specific kind of hateful jail if you had your consciousness in the body of a housefly. Are a crab, are you know, uh, commercial grade cattle, all of these things, all of these things, all of these things would explain the. In other words, if you if you if you remember the opening of the Matrix where they had, you know, the green screen and the letters and the numbers, you know. Um, falling into falling into frame you know like old style ms dos 
like when you had the prompt and you used to have to type in to get your computer to start on your K-Pro or compact desktop computer that was the size of a large garbage can sitting sideways on your desk. This consciousness could fall this way. It goes down, or it also builds itself up. Hindu religions mix the animal world with the world of higher consciousness. Brahma bulls are, are represent some kind of apex of of, um, of development of consciousness, not human development. Human development dies with the body. Consciousness is where we where we're placing our our, our bets. That's the macro version. In micro version, it means 575 guys are looking for other jobs today. Because it's pretty clear that the bald one is not going to do, you know, I mean, what is that thing about pound wise, penny foolish? Uh-huh. This is some variation of that. Because for very significant amounts of money, insignificant amount compared to what we're spending on other stuff, we could take care of things like homelessness in America. We could take care of 575 fighters who are looking at the news that the bald one wanted to give hundreds of millions, like hundreds of thousands of dollars to some boxer who's never fought in MMA before. He wants to give him that money. You you want you want to you you want to build loyalty. You're doing the exact opposite. The exact opposite. That's not the way loyalty is built. And you're too smart to be that stupid. You got to get this guy out of there. Somebody's got to get in Ari Emanuel's ear. You got to get this guy out of there. You got to get him out. He doesn't want to do the job. More than that, he's got an agenda. I don't know what the agenda is. I suspect the agenda is like the Godzilla movie of the 1960s, destroy all monsters. I think it's destroy all MMA. They bought all that pride back catalog, did nothing with it. All that strike force stuff, did nothing with it. Bought out those contracts, those fighters, languishing. They got able competition in Bellator. They've done nothing with it. Ben Askren got a personal beef, could have brought him over. Not saying he would have helped, but, you know, the idea is that this is supposed to be the best of the best. Yeah, okay, he's winning all these fights, did nothing with it, nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. You have to die before you can be reincarnated, but you can only be reincarnated after you die. And this sport is listing. You don't need me to keep saying that, and I won't keep saying it. But every act, every act, I am shocked and, and appalled at, at, at every act that just kind of puts you, puts you in a in a place of. God, I I don't even I I don't I don't even know I I'm 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 hammering and yammering on on a dead horse here. But it feels I mean I I don't I don't even I can't even give an accurate parallel how somebody who's supposed to care about you in this instance the boss has clearly made it in a very public format how. You would, how are you going to sell that to the 575 fighters on the card, on, on, on the payroll? How are you going to sell that? This is going to be good. This is going to be good for everybody. Hmm. Really? What exactly do you mean everybody? You mean everybody, precisely. 
who everybody who who's everybody which everybody which everybody is gonna is whose whose life is gonna be improved by this which everybody's how good feeling I'm supposed to have good feeling that Connor look, look I'm not feeling good I, I I go to my ATM and I type in and ask for my balance you know I do not feel good that CM Punk made way more money than 10 fighters 10 times better than he does on any given night. Oh, because he's bringing more eyes and therefore more money, that therefore more money I will never see. No, nah, you're not selling that to me. So I lift up the jawbone of the ass and I bring it down on my brother's head. You know, you gotta you gotta get guys who like think, man, I think I'm playing this game. I think I'm playing this game well. I think I'm making out. I think I'm I, I think I'm getting the upper hand on this thing. I, I think I'm I'm you know, I'm Jeremy Stevens. I think I really gotta play. I'm run. I gotta uh huh. No, Steve Albini once said, You wanna make money in the music business? It's simple. Get a pen, I'll tell you how. I was like, All right, go ahead. You call your record label, yeah? Got your record, got it. Call the record label. All right. You ask them for $500,000 to do a record. Got it. Or if you can't get $500,000, $50,000. Okay. Get the $50,000. Great. Take it. Put it in your bank. Got it. What do I do then? Well, you don't do anything right then. Okay. When? Well, look, eventually what's going to happen is the record label will call you and ask you if you finished the record. And then what you say is, oh, I haven't finished it yet, but if you could just send me more money. I might get close to the fishing. And then the label will send you $100,000, $80,000, and $50,000. And then you take it, you put it in your bank, and then, and then you, you do nothing. And then if you wait, you'll notice about three or four weeks later, you get another call from the record label. And they're like, look, you promised us this record two weeks ago. Where is it? Oh, well, I'm still working on it. I'm almost finished, though. But if I just, if you could just, if I just had 20 grand more, and, and they send you that money, and his point was you just keep doing that until they leave you alone. And that is how you make money in the music business. The only way that they get you and they screw you is when you actually create something that you think that you, that, that you will suddenly that will suddenly be introduced into a marketplace of fairness and beauty. There is no fairness and beauty in MMA at this point. They're guys who see your back as a pincushion. And they will come back to these this, this lot. <laughs> they will come back to this consciousness as house flies. But until that happens, you know, you got to uh what's that thing Dave Chappelle's father once said to him? Figure out what your price is, name your price, and the second they pay you a nickel less than that, go. Much like people dropping off of Facebook now, I'm not going to be on the roster of 575 just so when I fill out my taxes, I can write down under occupation, fighter. Not doing that. It's absolutely no good to me if I cannot eat. Anyway, that's the show. Thanks for sticking there with my meditations on Cain and Abel. And and keep in mind, I didn't get into Job. Let's not even start with Job, just the arbitrary abuse thing with the with with Job. But uh, uh, is March twenty fifth? 
early. I'm going to go up to see uh, the, uh, 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 some vertical theaters, what they're calling it. That's why we're doing the show early. I hope you enjoyed it. On Tuesday night at 7.20, come back. The Lexi and either Kid Nate or Nate, like Jean Nate. Somebody, guy spelled it Narte. Nate, like Jean Nate. So we either come back Tuesday at 7.20 with Kid Nate or John Nash. For if I did it, immediately followed. Minutes after we end that show, we immediately follow it with If the Shoes Fit, where we examine PR kerfuffles. If I did it is in the MMA world. If the Shoes Fit is outside the MMA world, because people complained about them being co-mingled. So now we just separated them for a solid hour. If there's a fight next weekend, and there is, Kid Nate or John Nash and I will do uh, either Wednesday or Thursday morning, we'll do the Care Don't Care preview. If you want to follow on Twitter at the at symbol Eugene S. Robinson, anybody can do it. It used to be gated. I just threw it open to the world. Now, anybody can. Any kind of rabble can get in there. Instagram is gated. Instagram, Mr. Sleep 3 on Instagram. But if you don't have any photos in your postings, I figure you're a spy and I don't let you in. If you try to do that thing like you request to get a mine, but I have to request to get yours, you got to go first or I just, I just, I don't, I'm not your spy. That's how you, if you subscribe to this channel, when I do a show automatically, it'll let you know. And we're not doing, uh, if those of you film fans, we're not going to be doing uh, uh, You Kill Me, uh, uh, film reviews for reprobates. I could do it tonight. Well, we may do it later tonight or, or sometime tomorrow because the Vertical Theater is starring the wife. So she's going to do it. So that She's up there preparing this big theater thing, so we got to go up now. So that's why we're not doing the You Kill Me. Uh, I'm trying to get her to be excited about uh, uh, reviewing uh, We Are the Night. And, and actually pretty pretty compelling. I got into this vampire movie jag, a pretty compelling German vampire movie. But we'll see if I can convince her to do that. She has her mind set on something else. And, well, you know, it's a two-person show. So that's it. That's the breakdown. And we'll see you Tuesday or on Twitter if you want to do that. Subscribe to this channel. As usual, below, give us a thumbs up. Eugene, show us a thumbs up. There you go. There's a thumbs up. Uh, it looks like one to me. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you Tuesday. Until then, look what you made me do! Hey!